0: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs Podcast, presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, My name is Henry Chisholm, and today we're uh, going to talk about what to expect from this uh, meeting that the Pac-12 is having tomorrow. Um, You know, it's kind of like a nerve-wracking time, but it's also kind of exciting thinking that this could all kind of be behind us. Then on Monday, there could be real football practice starting with the Buffs, and they would be building up toward a season that would start likely at uh, the end of next month. Um, Yeah, uh, there aren't really any huge updates uh, in today's show. Um, Honestly, the biggest update might be that uh, my computer, after its little bath, uh, is fine and working just all right um, over at the repair shop, and I should be getting it back tomorrow. So uh, you won't have to deal with this audio quality, and I won't have to deal with all of the layers of things I have to do to even get it to this point. Um, So yeah, that's exciting, and uh, we're going to jump in with the Pac-12 stuff after I tell you just a little bit more about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. You've heard me talk about these guys before, but seriously, this is the place to go to uh, get your dental work done. Um, I've, I've outlined all of the reasons before, and there are some good ones. Um, the uh, the best reason, as I've often said, is that if you get yourself a teeth cleaning x-ray and exam, you can pick up a free sonicare toothbrush from green mountain dental group it's an incredible value um once you go there you're going to be hooked that's what happened to Lindsay, who had her uh wisdom teeth pulled out over there a couple of months ago and she said it was the best experience she's ever had with a dentist everybody there cared about her and supported her and now she's doing just fine uh so if you need something serious like that done, or if you just need to go in there and get your teeth clean and go get your free toothbrush, choose, choose Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, they're so good with their due. do. They're family owned. Um, they uh, are huge Colorado sports fans. And so that's just one more reason to support them. So do that and uh, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. To get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. Okay. So, the Pac-12 stuff. Um, I'm going to be kind of honest with everybody. Uh, If if you guys are like regular listeners of this podcast, then we might not cover all that much new stuff today. But because I do anticipate a bunch of people jumping in, because tomorrow is the big day, we are kind of just going to rehash everything that went down and how we got to this point that we're at now, and what we expect to see tomorrow uh, from the Pac-12. You know, the only real update is that we haven't heard anything about uh, some sort of negotiation between Stanford and Santa Clara County or Cal and whatever county in California that Berkeley is in. Um, And that was kind of a major piece of all of these discussions. I think that that was a big reason why uh, in the last meeting late last week on Friday, uh, we didn't get an actual decision from the PAC 12 was because um, they just didn't quite have those clearances. And we'd heard from reporters early this week that that was going to be kind of one of the big things to watch is whether that changes, whether um, all of a sudden you do, have, um, a way for these two schools to practice just like the rest of the conference is now able to, um, no update there, which, you know, it is a bad sign for the meeting tomorrow. If you're hoping that, uh, the PAC 12 is going to vote to start football, which I think is what we're all hoping to see. Um, but there was one new report today that makes me feel a little bit more confident even though we haven't gotten that good news that we wanted, um, and that was a tweet from John Kinzano of the Oregonian. We talked about a column he wrote um, a couple of days ago, um, but he had uh, some news, and he says Pac-12 source confirms top line agenda discussion for Thursday CEO group meeting will essentially be a show of hands. Who doesn't feel they can feel or safely play on October thirty one? Could result in a handful of universities essentially getting a bye week on the front end. So that's pretty big because this had been kind of one of the sticking points is can some teams play and other teams not play or not practice all of that. This tweet makes it feel like the Pac-12 has kind of resigned itself to, you know what, if we have to get all of these games in before the middle of December when the college football playoff committee votes on who gets to go to the college football playoff then we need to start these games and if some teams can't play that sucks but we need to get these in um and that's kind of how I'm reading that and I think that's a pretty good sign considering you know the story heading into this week was can we get everybody on the field um bad news is we can't good news is it might not matter for Colorado um you know it the the question here is where he's expecting the show of hands who doesn't feel they can safely play on October 31st uh, I don't expect Colorado's representatives to say that they can't play um, if it was Rick George I'd be very confident but because it is uh, Mark Kennedy the president who will be in that meeting um, virtually of course um, I, I, I have never met the man you know I've seen him around um, I've seen him smile he has a very specific smile that he has his mouth is open when he smiles um, not a bad thing just a thing that is always the case when he smiles um and so I've seen him around I've noticed some things about him like that I don't know what to expect from him in terms of this situation you know Mel Tucker um and Rick George have both had good things to say about him and how he supports the athletics department and has their back through all of this so I would expect for Colorado to play um But again, no guarantees, certainly, and I don't know enough to say, like, here's what he's thinking. So, yeah, that's kind of the new stuff, um, but kind of just running through how we got here, um, you know, it's been a long couple of months, um a really really long couple of months you know going all the way back to the middle of the summer when these conversations kind of started and you know I guess they'd been around before Uh, ever since um, ever since the Pac-12 tournament got canceled um, after the first day I think that that it kind of been in the back of everybody's mind like you know can this happen and at the time I think everybody felt that (laughs) <laughs> the coronavirus was not going to impact football season you know i remember conversations i had at the dmvr bar because i got back from vegas but i think two days before uh the uh, state of colorado i think it was decided to shut down pretty much everything um, including the dmvr bar but i got to spend some time at the dmvr bar which which launched the day the buffs played their first game in vegas so i was pretty disappointed to miss that and that turns out the whole thing just kind of like died right after um but uh when i was there the general consensus among the people i talked to and this was true in vegas as well um was that you know this won't last that long football won't have a problem you know for for whatever reason um first of all we don't think this will last that long is the first reason but also because football is so big that it will play no matter what um and that was definitely true with the NFL they were going to find a way to play um uh, again i guess things could have gone worse and maybe that changes things but it was pretty clear all the way through that the NFL had the money to do all the things you need to do to be able to play. Um, when when rapid testing became available, they were able to get that and start testing daily, and essentially make it so that they were safe to play. Um, with college football, you still have a lot of money, but you don't have quite as much money. You know, it was pretty obvious the SEC was going to make the decision that they made to just play a pretty typical season. But some of the other conferences were in question. And obviously the Pac-12 and Big Ten decided not to. And, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation once all of this is over. Once we see how the Pac-12 plays out and all of that. Just to see, you know, who was right. And, you know, I think that people are going to be way too quick to just point to who made the most money and who lost the most money. Which is such a stupid thing that Americans just always do. Like, it's like, who is right? Well, who has money, you know? And ah, I, I hate that so much, you know, because there are so many things at play here. Um, the very obvious one being how sick are the communities around the teams that are playing, and could you have been more responsible in how you handled all of this and kept people safe? And, you know, if if your argument is, well... The SEC made more money than the Pac-12 did. So they made the right decision. The Pac-12 made the wrong decision. I honestly just don't even want to hear that. But what will be interesting is to compare what actually happens during the season. You know, so far, um, there have been 48 FBS games played. Uh, There have been i think 20 exactly as of uh right now wednesday afternoon that have been postponed so i'm not sure it's 20 out of 68 have been canceled so not quite a third but more than a quarter you know that's as much math as i'm willing to do about this but that is uh the rate that's happening and you're seeing some schools be incredibly impacted you know We talked yesterday um, on the pod that got (laughs) cut short because the audio doesn't matter. Um, But we talked yesterday about Notre Dame and how they had whatever seven players test positive, ten are in quarantine, and so they can't play this week for whatever reason. Well, Houston has been on the other side of that. Houston has had seven or no, no, Houston has had five games on the schedule and all five of them have been canceled or postponed. They've been gearing up to play games five weeks in a row and still haven't gotten to get on the field. It's some pretty crazy stuff that is happening. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know if, if just saying we're going to go forward with all these games on the schedule and we'll see how many get played makes more sense than you know what, the Pac-12 is probably going to wind up with a six-game schedule, but the daily testing means that they'll probably get all the games in. When you get to the end of the season, the standings will probably make a lot more sense than the standings in some of these other conferences. You know, the Big Ten was able to get the daily testing that should mean that you really don't miss any games, at least in theory. We'll see how it plays out, and that's why we can't make these decisions now. But playing an eight-game schedule... And getting all the games in looks a lot better than, you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of the conferences. But I just hope that we finally get to the point where we get to watch this stuff on the field. And uh, hopefully that comes um, tomorrow, really. Uh, Before we move on, I do want to uh, give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is incredible. You know, I was, uh, I was a little bit stressed last night during that Nuggets game. I was at the DMVR bar, as always, and I, uh, I, I didn't really want any beer. It was a weird thing. You know, I was in a weird mood. Obviously, with all Pac-12 stuff and, like, the, the life stuff that's kind of going crazy right now, it was just a pretty wild time for me. And after we got done with the fantasy show, I was like, okay, now it's just nuggets time. I've got an hour to kill before the nuggets play this game. And so I got a whole bunch of chicken tenders, which are so good there. They're so good there. If you need a recommendation, like the wings are really good. The burgers really good. But those chicken tenders, I just, I don't know, best value on the menu for, at least in my mind. But I got some of those. I got, um... strawberry sky and then I was drinking the strawberry sky and throughout the game I only got to like a third of it which was a weird thing because it is so good and now like I'm saying this is a Wednesday afternoon I'm recording this this is like the last thing I have to do today and it's a pretty light day for me work-wise because you know fantasy podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays the Sunday show there's so many things going on but Wednesday you know Friday I have the draft pod and all that stuff Wednesdays And Mondays are kind of my days that are slower, basically just podcasts, maybe write something if there's something going on. And uh, what else? Oh, there's one more thing. Oh, Mondays, I just have to rewatch a bunch of football games, which I guess because I can get all that done in the last couple of days, I'm still rewatching football games. Uh, Right now, it's a Panthers box on the TV. But uh, yeah, Wednesday's typically a pretty slow day, which means that's kind of my day to just be like, okay, I get to let loose tonight. And the fact that there was two-thirds of a Strawberry Sky that I didn't drink last night is kind of eating me alive. Because right now, there aren't many things in the world that sound better than that Strawberry Sky. Um, So that was a really roundabout way of talking about all this. But it is such a good beer. And uh, I hope you guys have had a chance to try it. Um, And if not, I hope you've had a chance to try at least some of these beers because they are really good with the Vanilla Porter Jr., the Avalanche, All that kind of stuff. Just so good. Cannot recommend it enough. If you want to try Breckenridge beer, you can use the beer locator at the uh, Breckenridge Brewery website and it will tell you where you can go to pick up whatever beer it is that you want to try. Okay. Um, Also want to talk about World Golf Tour and uh, I'm really excited to talk about it because it's a big week. This is the first major that dnvr is hosting it's closest to the pin tournament um basically it just adds up all your distances from the pin on all of the holes you go through pretty quickly because it's just i think it's nine holes so it's nine shots it might be 18 since it's a major that's what i would have done but i'm not involved with those decisions so basically nine shots or 18 shots adds up your distance from the hole if you wind up in the water then there's a big penalty if you wind up in the rough there's a little penalty um if you wind up in the sand there's a penalty in between those two Um, but here's the big news the uh there will be prizes and pretty awesome prizes if you ask me um third place will get um, and I'm pulling this up now because Twitter always refreshes at the worst times So I'm trying to pull things up. Third place will get a DNVR mask, a DNVR hat, and a DNVR shirt. Second place will get $100 in cash, and first place will get double that, $200 in cash if you can win this closest to the pin tournament. Ah, for those of you who have been playing World Golf Tour with us, throughout the last few months this is the day you've been waiting for actually i guess this opens tomorrow night thursday night um i think it's like thursday at 10 through sunday at 10 you can get your round in but this is the weekend (laughs) that you've been waiting for all of the practice that you've put in you finally get a chance to just cash out um, if your practice has gone well mine has not although i have dedicated a lot of time i'm just really bad at golf games i got that uh new like 2k golf game played it for like three hours was really bad and haven't opened it in three weeks wgt keeps me coming back though um because it is so cool and it's so convenient because you can play it on your phone you can play it on an ipad or a tablet whatever tablet you have i don't even know what the other tablets are i just know ipads i've been thinking about buying an ipad for like five months now um that money went toward fixing my computer, by the way. But, um, yeah, I think uh, that, uh, oh, yeah, you can play online as well. That's the other one. You can play online, and it is just so much fun. And it's super realistic. There's so many real courses that you can go play. Uh, Bethpage Black, um, Band in Dune, so many awesome ones. The old course at St. Andrews, um, but you get to play with real equipment as well, with Titleist and Ping and Callaway and all of those. So, yeah, um jump in you can go to dnvrgolf.com download the WWGT app and join the dnvr 3.0 clubhouse and then uh get a whole bunch of practice rounds in that's my only advice my my bad rounds happen when i do not do at least one warm-up round for this one even though you know i haven't been told i'm ineligible for the prizes but i'm really really assuming i'm ineligible for those prizes um For this one, I think I'm just going to start playing tonight, sit down with a strawberry sky, and then uh, do that for as long as I can and hopefully get a lot better at this game before Thursday because it's a major. You want to show out for the major. Okay, uh, back to buff stuff, though. Um, You know, I feel like we've pretty much covered everything that there is to cover. And uh, so why don't we just close this out with a list of players who I really just want to see Um, just kind of start daydreaming for football season because, but this time tomorrow, I think there's a good chance we'll have a date. Uh, It could be October 31st could be November 7th, depending on how that vote goes. I would expect that the buffs are playing October 31st though. That's where my mind's at. And um, I don't know. I think a fun way to start building the anticipation is to play a game that we've played before, which is, Which players am I most excited to see on that football field? You know, there's some obvious ones that come to mind. Whoever the quarterback is. I want to see whoever the quarterback is um, because quarterbacks are just so much fun. Um, But then from there, you know, there's the big name recruits like Ashad Clayton. Um, The Buffs posted a hype video of Jaron Mangum yesterday, I think. And it was really good. And it got me really hyped. And, uh, I do want to see him, you know, it's, it's just so easy to pick out position groups, um, like the running backs, the receivers, uh, the DBs, that defensive line, honestly, the linebackers too. You can go so many different places. Um, but let's just pick a couple based on my mood today. I want to see Nate Landman. I want to see Nate Landman really badly because I think that, he is somebody who has taken steps in every year he's been at CU, and he's one step away from being very firmly in the Buckus Award conversation for being the best linebacker in the country. You know, all that stuff's going to be weird this year because some teams are playing more games than others, and some teams aren't playing any games, and all of that. But I do think that Nate, just in terms of his level of play compared to everybody else has a real shot to get into that national conversation um beyond him uh it's just so hard to pick guys um Jalen Sami comes to mind as a guy who I want to see what he turns into um in his second year being really involved with this team following a bunch of injuries that kept him out for a long time and some things that happened in his personal life. You know, he, he lost his dad before last season. Um, the Jersey number he wears reflects the number of hours his dad was in the hospital before he died. You know, there's some, There's some stuff that was going on behind the scenes there. Um, And to finally get to see him on the field last year was a lot of fun. He wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. He didn't get to the quarterback as much as I would have. You know, you know what? For his situation, he did plenty. um, Considering he hadn't been on the field playing college football before. But that is where I think there is room to grow, is getting after the quarterback and providing some sort of interior pass rush. You know, he does project as more of your true nose tackle. You know, his job is just to line up over the center and not let anybody run by the center with the football. But he is a good enough athlete, I think, that he could provide more than that. And that's what would make him a really special football player, which I think that he has the potential to be. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of going through a trenches phase. And so I do kind of want to just watch those guys beat each other up. Um, and I think I, I think Jalen Sami is a guy who could beat those guys up. Uh, so there's two. Let's come up with one more. We should probably go on the offensive side of the ball. Huh. So many options. I think, you know, Daniel Arias jumps to the top of the list. Katie Nixon jumps to the top of the list. Because he is he's got to be the guy this year. Uh, Dimitri Stanlin year two, any of those running backs, Alex Fontenot, you know, he looked so good last year, and I think because there is so much hype surrounding Ashad Clayton, people are kind of forgetting about Alex Fontenot, Um, and maybe not forgetting about him as much as they're forgetting that he was a sophomore last year, and he's had now what? I mean one plus nine basically 10 months to get himself as as good as he can at football to improve his game to develop and i wonder what he spent his time doing you know are we going to see him come back with another 10 15 pounds and just be a true bowling ball which i wouldn't hate if he doesn't lose too much of the explosiveness seeing him put on i mean maybe not that much weight more like in that five to ten pound range and really just start bouncing off of guys knocking guys over That might really fit his play style well. You know, we could also see him come back more explosive. That's possible. More of a receiving threat. You know, they they tried to fit him into that role last year. I I didn't love the results. You know, to me, I still think that Deion Smith fits that role really well. But then you start getting yourself into some trouble if you start separating guys out based on the role too much. You know, Jaron Mangum makes a lot of sense as a big bruiser. But with some upside, you know, he is somebody who can break big runs as well. Um, Alex Fontenot knows your balance guy, your zone runner. He's going to see what's happening in front of him and find the hole and hit it and get upfield and make guys miss and somehow stay on his feet and be a very good first and second down back. Um, you know, Ashad Clayton, we haven't seen him play college football. And I think a lot of people are really quick to uh, write the book on recruits. I'm not gonna be that guy. You know, he looks like he's really fast, he looks like he can bounce off tacklers, but what actually translates to this level is still to be seen. He's kind of a wild card in my book. Um and then Deion Smith, with some other guys in this conversation as well, who I think has the explosiveness and the speed to be a good receiving back, to 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 make Cuts like just his build would make him make a lot of sense as a guy who could catch the ball in the backfield. But when you start separating guys out into their roles too much, you get to the point where it, you're telling the defense what is coming. You know, if, if you're putting Jaron Mangum on there out there and he, he, he bulked up and he is just a true between the tackles bulldozer type. Well, then when the defense sees them, they're going to be like, oh, this is what's coming. If Deion Smith's your receiving back, then, you know, you just put him out there on third downs, but you know, you don't want to tip your hand too much and you want well-rounded guys. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun to see all of them, but I'm going to pick Alex Fontenot because I do think that there's a real chance that he did add, you know, maybe added five pounds, spent enough time in the weight room that he even added explosiveness and then also spent a lot of time working on the route running, working on his hands, getting a feel for what it's like to be a good receiving back, because so much of that is just feel. I think that there's a real chance that he is a, a, an all-Pac-12 guy, and, and I don't think that that should be a hot take at all, because he's second in the Pac-12 in terms of running backs in uh, yards per game last year among returners. You know, there are a couple guys who had more, but went to the NFL guys like Josh Kelly, who's tearing it up with the Chargers right now. You know, that's a, that's where my mind's at offensively, especially knowing that you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback. You're going to need a solid running game. And I like a lot of pieces on that offensive line. And we haven't gotten to talk about this type of stuff too much recently, but I really like what's going on with that offensive line, with those tight ends and with those running backs. And when you have those three pieces working together, you're going to have a pretty nice running game. And then if you have a quarterback who can hit on a couple deep shots, keep the defense on their heels, you know, find Katie Nixon deep, let Daniel Arias go up and make a play. uh, Dimitri Stanley doing all the things Dimitri Stanley does. I think that you could have a surprising, surprisingly good offense. That's um, going to be a lot of fun to see how all of this shakes out Um, on the field hopefully I mean again if the vote tomorrow is in favor of uh, playing football then I think that there will be practice on Monday and if there's practice on Monday I mean I mean it'd be off season type stuff you know they're doing the 20 hours a week now maybe they'd ramp that up but I do think we'd start getting like media availabilities where you can hear like or just ask the question who's impressed you and guys will give you names, and you start to see trends, and then you say, oh, wow, this guy who I thought was going to be a backup, he's going to be nice. Or maybe a guy like Carson Wells, who you're like, ah, you know, he's he's a starter. He's probably a low-end starter for his position in the Pac-12, though. Maybe you start hearing good things about him, and if that's the case, you start saying, oh, wow, pair him with Mustafa and all those other guys in there might have something special with that pass rush you know we'll, we'll hear what's up with antonio alfano we haven't had a chance we haven't had a chance to talk to any of the coaches since he uh what what happened oh he was the student of the week um uh, he was named the student of the week on uh the, for like the football team on the defensive side of the ball that was a couple months ago and we haven't heard from the coaches since so we don't really know what's going on with antonio alfano getting updates on that you know We're going to start building toward a football season here soon and stop being in this purgatory, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Think good thoughts. Send positive energy um, toward that vote. I don't know what time we're going to get the news tomorrow, but as soon as we hear what happened, uh, I'll be sitting down to record another one of these podcasts, and uh, I'll see you then.